Hello and welcome back to the Tez News Podcast, the education podcast where we catch you up on the big education news headlines of the week and our expert journalists take a closer look at a couple of stories they think should be in the spotlight that week. Firstly, if you haven't done so already, you can get the rundown of all of the stories we're going to be talking about today by signing up to our Tez newsletters. It's as simple as going to our website, tez.com forward slash magazine, creating a profile, and under your profile settings, checking the boxes for the Tez newsletters that interest you. Now for the headlines this week. Just last week, one of our headlines was the Ofsted job posting for a new chief inspector. However, Ofsted find themselves under pressure this week from school leaders calling for a pause to inspections. This comes due to the strength of feeling after the death of head teacher Ruth Perry. The NAHT School Leaders Union, the Association of School and College Leaders, and the NEU Teaching Union have all called for inspections to be put on hold, while another head even threatened to refuse to allow Ofsted into her school before relenting. Elsewhere, Askell have also called for a long-term commitment to funding over a number of years to reverse the significant real-term decline in teacher pay rates. It made the demand in its submission to the school teachers' review body, which recommends rates of teacher pay in England. We've talked a lot on this podcast previously about the early career framework. Now the DfE has launched a consultation of the ECF and initial teacher training curriculums. This comes amid some concern that the support package for new teachers has had no impact on retention and has actually increased workload for both early career teachers and mentors. And the impact of rising costs, Brexit and Covid have affected schools nationwide and now head teachers of state boarding schools have told TES they're facing new and distinct challenges caused by a collision of these issues. Reporter Callum Mason has an article on our website exploring this one in further detail. In multi-academy trust news, a major new inquiry looking into the impact of MATS on school improvement has been launched by the Confederation of School Trusts. CST's Deputy Chief Executive Steve Rollett, who will chair the inquiry, said it would aim to identify which approaches being used by MATS work and why. And finally, the government is set to miss its teacher trainee recruitment target for the second year in a row, despite a hike in bursaries, according to a new expert forecast. The National Foundation for Educational Research has estimated that the Department for Education's initial teacher trainee recruitment target for secondary teachers could be missed by 42% this year. There's a really great breakdown of this NFER report on our website, do make sure to check it out. But now I'll throw it over to senior content writer Gronya Hallahan and reporter Matilda Martin, who got together earlier to talk about the future of digital assessment and why there's a shortage of invigilators. Hello, I'm Gronya Hallahan, and I'm joined today on the news pod with our reporter, Matilda Martin. Hello, Matilda. Hi, Gronya. So, I think you're going to start off by telling me about an invigilator story that you've done this week. Yeah, so obviously, we had um, a, a huge concerns about invigilator shortages last year, um, and they actually ended up changing the rules slightly last year in anticipation of this. So invigilator rules were actually relaxed because of of fears over shortages. And it looks like we're going to see similar shortages this year as well. Um, It's certainly something that the um, NAEO are concerned about. So one of the reasons why uh, we're we're seeing concerns over invigilator shortages again is one, you know, people not returning, you know, to the job post-pandemic. You know, they had to get other jobs during the pandemic. And, and also, like, think about the type of people that are invigilators. They're the sort of people that 
perhaps, you know, at the end of retirement, do they really want to put themselves into big crowded exam halls? Possibly yeah. not. No, absolutely. Uh, yeah, this, this is definitely something that, that people are saying. And I think the other thing as well is schools are having to find more space and more invigilators because of an increased anxiety in this cohort of pupils overtaking exams. Um, we go into this a little bit more in, in the piece, um, but you know, if, if you you can ask to take the exam in your own room um, as part of an access arrangement, if if you know you find being in a crowded exam hall just too anxiety inducing, so this is something that schools are having to deal with more and more. Um, and yeah, as, as I said, we we delve into that a little bit more um, in our piece out. And I'm I've, sure all PE teachers now listening who are thinking about their their sports halls being taken away in the summer, and then the thought of more rooms being taken for other students who need it, um, are think are just that practical operational nightmare that is exam season. You know, it, that sounds like it's going to be really tricky for schools, doesn't it? Definitely. And I think as well, you, you know, I, I think there's always a little bit of disruption around when, when exams are taking place. But if you've got them creeping into more and more rooms and more and more classes having to be relocated from non-exam years, that's definitely going to have a knock-on effect. Um, so, you know, school leaders, teachers, you know, feel free to reach out and tell, tell us how things are looking for you. You know, what are you having to do this year? Are you having to, to find more rooms and, and more invigilators as well? You did exams um, more recently than I did. So do you think the room you do the exam in makes a difference to how you feel in that exam? Definitely. I remember I did, um, I did my English A-level in a dance studio um, and seeing myself in the mirror as I walked into the exam hall was horrendous. <laughs> no! What, there was mirrors the whole time? Yeah, yeah, it was a dance studio. Um, I knew the room quite well because I spent a lot of time in there, but I still... I just, that's so off-putting. Yeah. Oh no! The, oh. the the desks and the chairs were actually facing away from the mirror, which was a plus. Um, but I started to look at myself as I walked in, which which wasn't the best. No, yeah. no, and oh no, 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 no! That's that's really distracting. <laughs> I mean, I can remember doing some of my my exams in different types of rooms. Um, I went to a big sixth form college, and we had some like the the um lecture hall type thing that we had, and it was I just didn't like the acoustics in there, and it was. You know, it, so much of the room that you're in does make a big difference. And I wonder if, if we're going to have um, more students like displaced around the school. Are we going to see, think about the demountables. Nobody would want to do an exam in a demountable, would they? Like those, those rickety shed type classrooms. That are <laughs> and like, where do you place people as well? Like, you know, if you're going to have to think about, you know, all oh, this classroom is actually close to like a really kind of noisy area of the school. So, yeah. Massive difficulties. And I think for the leaders I've spoken to, they're trying to kind of tread on the right side and, you know, that they want to do the best for their pupils. So if someone needs access arrangements, they're obviously going to do their best to provide them. But it does create a whole host of issues as well. Yeah, I, I can imagine. And it's that actual point that leads nicely to the piece that I've been writing about that comes out um, today that's about digital exams. So how students take exams is going to be changing. We've known this for a little while now. I think you and I have both written about this before about the, so, you know, all that writing with a pen, your, your hand cramping up at the end of your two hour exam, that's going. So there's going to be typing instead. And I've, I talked to Pearson at Excel about the pilot that they've done where students, it wasn't a trial. They got their real IGCSE from doing their exams all on the computer. Um, 
really interesting piece. Great to talk to lots of different heads in international schools who, who led this. But every single one made the point that if we do this in England, it's going to be very different. And, um, you know, this, this issue about finding exam halls, imagine trying to find computer rooms for your whole cohort. You've got like 250 kids in your year. You're all going to be on the internet at the same time, taking the exam. And that's a lot of really? kit to make sure and test it's working properly as well ahead of the day and in between every single oh, one. So yeah. That's our invigilator problem. And the um, Joint Council for Qualifications guidelines say at the moment, you need more invigilators when we do have online exams, because of course we do have online exams for GCSEs already. So, you know, the IGCC followed that rule. Um, and if we're already short of invigilators, is it going to solve that problem? Is I invigilating going to look any different? If you're invigilating a digital exam, then if you're doing one in person? That's a really good question. Okay, so there's two different types of invigilators that you'll have for the digital exam. So some of them will be, you know, in person, patrolling, looking at your screen. The software does mean that, you know, you shouldn't be able to get onto the internet. But we know there's always been kids that are going to try and bypass that. You know, there's, that's, that's why we have invigilators. So you've got that, that part, that role to play. But also we're going to have people who are doing the job remotely. So they'll be behind the scenes looking at the screens. Now you could do that from home. So perhaps our shortage of invigilators might be solved by the boom in home working. Would it be a more appealing job if you could do it in your pyjamas sitting at your dining room table? Yeah. And also like, like we were saying earlier as well, the kind of people that become invigilators, you know, that didn't want to be in those crowded, stuffy exam halls, this would definitely be way more appealing and they don't actually have to come into any physical contact with the kids taking the exam. Exactly. And... And another point that Pearson made, um, they've done this really interesting insights report where they talk about what they found from the exams and what they think we, like lessons that need to come learn, be learned from them to, if we're going to move it forward. And they said, and um, Hayley Pearson from, sorry, Hayley White from Pearson was saying to me that she believes we should think about maybe going to on-demand exams. So that means we wouldn't have exam season anymore we would students would do exams as and when they were ready to do them. So you don't need loads of invigilators all at once. You would just need them throughout the year. Would that be a more appealing job to somebody perhaps? Because, you know, it's steady employment for the whole 12 months. I do wonder like how much the actual job kind of comes into play of whether you return. I mean, you've invigilated before, haven't you, when when you were a teacher growing up? So like, it's, it's, what's, it, what's it like to actually be an invigilator? Um, so the best part about being an invigilator is the invigilator games that you get to play. So I never invigilated formal proper exams. I only ever invigilated mock exams. I'm going to definitely put that disclaimer in there first. But we would play things like um, ping pong. So you would have two members of staff, one person was the ball and they would walk between you and they would be the ball and then you'd have to like hit them back. So it's just like walking around and around. Um, tag. So you sort of, you'd walk up and then you'd very quietly go into the, their shoulder and go, you're it. And then <laughs> carry on. Um, I didn't play this game because I'm obviously a nice human being, but I have heard of other, you know, less kind invigilators playing games like stand next to the child that you think is most likely to and then have a different claim most likely to become a famous footballer perhaps sure okay that's enough that's enough <laughs> yeah it's like kind of sort of tongue-in-cheek games where, where people would do things like that 
Um, but generally, being an invigilator is most mostly like escorting children to the toilet and checking that they're not cheating. Yeah. Oh, I once had a had a child who had awful like vomiting during the exams. Like, just go home. Oh. Really, really need to just go home. Like, it's really, it's not worth it. Like, but I've got to finish this paper. Like, and then you hear the sound of someone vomiting, which. I don't think anybody oh. likes, but I certainly makes me start to gag. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so it's it's definitely not the most glamorous job. And if you could do it remotely, that would be much better. Um, do you remember with the pandemic, there was like a, a, a big thing about kids doing their university exams at home with the webcam on all the time? Yes. Yeah, I did. I did some exams actually uh, during the pandemic, uh, kind of remotely. It's weird that it watches you the whole time. You have to lift up your laptop and kind of show them around the room and show that there aren't sticks. Look at you with this interesting past that I did not know about. That's brilliant. (laughs) It wasn't interesting, actually. One of the ones I I tried to do first remotely uh, locked me out of the exam and wouldn't let me get back in. So I had to retake it again a few months later, which wasn't so. It definitely has some issues sometimes. So I think there are all these things you, yeah, I've got to think about already. So I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a a big step from, oh, my pen's run out of ink, isn't it? Like I've been locked out of the exam. There's not a lot you can do about that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I remember the person I was talking to was seeing to say, have you done your updates on your computer and everything like that? (laughs) Yes, I have. Oh, that is definitely not going to help calm the nerves of students everywhere well it's been great talking to you about exams my, my i think it's both of our favorite topics our favorite topic of exams and readers you need to get get out get out there and click on those two stories and have a read of them because they are good ones yeah and get in touch as well you know tell, tell us what you're experiencing this exam season and any concerns you have um you know running up to them especially around invigilators and access arrangements as well 